Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All righty. This is uh, the fourth of six sessions of Happily Ever After. Uh, it is Thursday, a little after 7 p.m. It is... Uh, May 28th, I believe. And, um, you know, we got our two uh, uh, participants, uh, uh, Gershana and uh, the chick who we ain't never going to say anything. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the fact that, you know, uh, we're here together and this is awesome. So, um, uh, yeah, so my question to y'all is, uh, do you have anything you want to say you know, about anything, you know, at all, let me know because um, I'm interested in hearing um, what's going on for y'all. I have one question. Okay. Uh, I keep asking questions based on my past relationship, my ex, because that was the recent one and that was the one I was really attached to. And okay. I wonder... Am I um, hanging on too much over that, or uh, what's your what's your feedback on this, Tony? Well, um, well, it depends on you. I mean, it could be useful as um, you know, education, as information, as access to moving forward and learning the lessons. You know, mm-hmm. like for me, you know, my high school sweetheart you know, my my two wives, you know, the different women that I've messed with over the years, they're all educational, you know, mm-hmm. for both me and for whoever I'm dealing with or it's my coaching. But, you know, using it for information purposes and then using it, you know, like like being driven by it, two different mm-hmm. things. You know, so mm-hmm. you get this are you are you using it to forward yourself? as information, as lessons, or are you attached and, um, you know, un, uh, you know um, and I'm operating inside of being attached is the question. And you uh, get what's the, la- what's the last part of your question? And, and the other part is that, you know, are you being attached or are you using this to forward your life informationally? Are you getting the lessons or are you just suffering around it? No, I'm using it more of a lesson, and sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I may have made this guy look so wrong in front of others, and yeah. I keep saying, my ex this, my ex that, and uh, you coach me on that, yeah. and at one point, I noticed when I tell my friends about that, they're like, did he call you again? Did he annoy you? Should I come and beat him up? I'm like, whoa, whoa. don't do that. <laughs> he's not he's not bad. Yes. And yeah, throughout your course and the previous one, I was 
initially I was trying to figure out what went wrong and now I'm like using it as a my own experience to apply this and some of the breakthroughs I had I I didn't know what I was doing so that helps me and I'm having a good feeling that my next relationship is going to be great and I wouldn't have to I wouldn't have to worry that what would he think of me. Instead, I would help him be successful so that I also feel, I feel safe and secure. Great. That's a excellent, excellent thing. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. I, uh, I wrote a post that I'm going to have tomorrow. I had this idea in... One of the things I do on my fan page now is that if I get a good idea, I won't wait till tomorrow. I'll save it so that I can use it for the next day. And it was around leadership. You know, I read something about leadership, and you know, I've been working on leadership for some for some other program I'm doing. And you know, I remember that um, it's been said that the greatest leaders are not the ones with the most followers, but the one who creates the most leaders. And if mm-hmm. that's true. If that's true, then you owe it to yourself and to your partner and to your relationship to help your mate, your partner, be a better leader. You owe it to them because otherwise you're um, holding you're you're holding up both of you, and you're either limiting the possibility of the relationship because you're too busy making it wrong and and you know correcting him and minimizing them and micromanaging them, or you cause them to be great, in which case, you know, his greatness will uh, benefit you um, in the long run. You know what I mean? Mm. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gershana, are you trying to say something? What's up? No, it makes sense. Oh, and I do have something to, to, to say. Um, I was I was hit up or... Um, called by two people that I used to see within this week. And I am clear that um, those relationships are complete. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mainly because I, I see now that we don't have the same aspirations and yeah. it's complete. So that's a good thing. Yes, awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. All right, so um, uh, what I want to now go into is the assignment, you know, the 10, you know, the top 10 triggers or, you know, like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I wanna go into that a little bit before I go into uh, session four's mm-hmm. content. So, uh, you know, love mm-hmm. to hear, I, again, Gershon, I didn't, I didn't read your email yet. So um, mm-hmm. if you have it in front of you, I'd appreciate it if you did read it. Well, I have it. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Awesome. Top, top ten triggers. Um, mm-hmm. So, you want me to put it on the list? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, bullies, um, especially those that pick on people that can't fight them back. I'm very triggered by that. Um, okay. Ignorance, and for me, that means people who think they know what they're talking about and they don't know what they're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I, I call it an unwise person. Uh, uh-huh. Lazy. 
And by legacy, mm-hmm. I mean they don't take care of their responsibilities, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. It's like they're just not going to do what they're going to do other than that. that I, I call that uh, being lazy. It might be another term. Rude and insensitive people. Yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'm ticked off by people who cause um, intentionally um, embarrassment um, to other people when there could have been a, uh, um, another way to put it or, or do it. Um, mm. People who brag and uh, are boastful, um, I'm ticked off by them. Mm. Um, those who are, um, I'm going to say blatantly, um, 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 taking advantage of a loved one. Mainly, I've seen many times when a, a woman would be in love with somebody, and this is her husband sometimes, and they're right in her face um, um, creating a, another affair with someone else. Um, that that freaks me off. Um, okay. What do you call that? I, I um, what did I say? I call them. Um, I I just said they they betrayers. Okay, betrayers. Um, gotcha. Yes. Mm-hmm. Time wasted, wasters. Um, mm-hmm. um, people who rather than you you say you're gonna be there at eight thirty, and and you come at eight forty, or you come even later than that. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't believe in wasting time. So when I see people wasting time, it's kind of ticks me off. Um, I'm going to say pessimists, and by that I mean people who never see the class half full. It's, mm. it's just like a constant complaint. Yeah. Um, outright nosy people, that's number nine. And mm. they're always in somebody else's business. Um, mm. You you know, it's like always um, yeah. kind of tick me off. And the last one um, is just inconsiderate people. And, and I'm going to put it this way, like somebody who put the shopping cart in the line to save a space for them. And you're yeah. online, and, and they come and just drop a ton of things in the cart in front of you and, 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 and keep on moving or have somebody save their space. And mm. then they come in, come in with a large cart. Mm. Um, yeah, so um, I find that that ticks me off as well. Okay, got it. So now, you know what triggers you, like what kind of activities trigger you, right? Yes. But what... Um, is your response? What? How do you react? What is your reaction mm. to those things? In most cases, I don't say anything. In most yeah, cases. but you're feeling something, huh? and you think you feeling something, and you thinking oh. something. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh huh. But I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't necessarily um, con- confront them, even though, like, I saw a young man the other day, literally punching his girlfriend like maybe seven times. It was like just punching her in her face. So I called 911. So I took action that way. I wouldn't address him individually. But boy, was I upset because she was defenseless and he wouldn't stop. Yeah. So usually, you know, like I won't say anything to the person who puts the shopping cart because I don't want to get into a confrontation. But in most cases, I don't say anything Bullies, um, I tend to speak up. But no, then hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're missing the point. What? How did you feel? What was your reaction to it? I know you didn't do anything. You just called the police, but you had a feeling. Yes. What was the feeling? I was upset. What do you mean, upset? Could you be more specific? 
Um, I was angry. Okay. Great. So you have a tendency to be angry because that's not the only time you would be angry, right? No, that's not the only time I would be angry. I got that. <laughs> Any other oh. feelings you had during that time? Um, defenseless. Oh, but okay. that's not a feeling. Yes. I felt like I couldn't do anything, so I felt um, hopeless because okay. if I jump in, he might get upset with me and then be right. rude to me, and I don't know what else because judging from his appearance, I don't know. He might have just cursed, said, old lady, mind your business, you know, so yep. defenseless. Yeah. Like, like I couldn't do anything to really help her. Right. Okay. All right, got it. So so the the reactions that you see that you get, the things that happen that make you react is one thing. But how you react is another. You follow? I think it's saying I feel one way, but I react. No, something happens, and then you have a reaction to whatever happens. Mm -hmm. He punched her in the face, and you had a reaction to it. Yes. So there is the trigger called the punch in the face, and then there's the reaction that's a result of the trigger called being angry. Okay. Does that communicate, or do I need to go further? Well, when you when you say reaction, you, you're just talking about the feeling as opposed to reacting by calling 911. Well, the, 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 when you called 911, that was actually not a reaction. You thought about what you was going to do. A reaction is not thinking. Oh, but oh. you responded by calling the police after you thought about it. Mm. You follow? But when you react, somebody steps on your toe, you scream at them. That would be a reaction. There's no thinking involved. You just do something. Like somebody hit you on a knee with a... You know, with a, with a little uh, hammer like the doctor does, and your feet, your leg automatically jumps up, right? That's a reaction. No thinking involved. Your machinery is doing its own thing. Got it. That's what I mean by a reaction. So emotionally, you had a reaction called angry. You didn't have to tell yourself to be angry. You didn't have to think, hmm, should I be angry or should I be happy? You didn't think that. You just went there. In matter of fact, it took you over, right? Yes. Right. That's the reaction. That's the reaction that I want you to see for yourself mm. because when you can see that, you can be responsible for that in your relationship and you can maintain, you can better maintain, I should say, maybe not, you can't necessarily do perfect around it, maybe you could, I don't know, but you can maintain the quality of the emotional space of your relationship by knowing what you react to and putting something in its place so that you don't have negative reactions. Got it. That's the purpose of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't get it. Okay, so let's just use Gershana's thing again. Mm-hmm. Got in this girl in the face. Her gut feels angry. Mm-hmm. We're clear that's not the only thing that makes her angry, but angry is one of her reactions. Mm-hmm. So if you know that you have a tendency to get angry, you could say that you're being angry waiting to happen. Because mm-hmm. you, 
you don't be angry. Angry be you. <laughs> you know? Mm. You don't say you don't say, hmm, should I be angry, sad, disappointed, or optimistic? You don't say that. You just be like, some have it. Is it? You know, you put a ball in front of a cat, a ball of string in front of a cat, the cat will start chasing the ball of string, right? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you, you, you come home and your dog is happy, just automatically reacts. Dog don't say, should I come over there or not? No, dog just runs over. Master home, dog comes, right? Mm-hmm. Fall down, you get on the way down, you're scared till you land. Now you're just hurt, <laughs> right? So we have, you have these automatic reactions. And so there's there's something that happens, and then you feel a certain way automatically. So, you know, we could say that, you know, Gershana probably gets angry when people are inconsiderate. You know, all the things she said sound like was a setup for anger plus something else. I don't know what the other thing is. So we'll go into one more just to to be clear about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, But... if you know that things – see, here's the thing about this whole exercise here is that most people know what other people are going to react to negatively. Most of us know if we do this, our boss is going to get mad, but the boss don't necessarily know that. Mm-hmm. boss don't want to know, you know. <laughs> if you do this, your mom's going to get angry or scared. But mom may not know it because she's so – here's the key point. She's going to be so shocked – that something happened that made her feel that way, that she'll be too busy feeling that way to notice that she's already wired for feeling that way. Mm. Yeah. Does that, does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah, so like in our mind, we have cheating is messed up. So we hear cheat, we automatically react because that's our definition of cheating. It was like it's messed up. Mm-hmm. Right, and so anything that's messed up is going to have us have a certain reaction. Now, we can respond by calming down and thinking, but until you can clear up all of the things that, that's going to have you be either be angry or dismayed or defensive or whatever, until you know what type of things make you that way, you're going to be controlled by those those feelings. Mm. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so if you know uh, your husband or boyfriend or any man that's lazy is going to piss you off, then, you you, you know, you got to deal with the laziness or you got to deal with the pissed offness. You know, you can either say, okay, i gotta, I got to find a way to either not have people be lazy around me, which is going to be tough because there's 7 billion people out there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, so that'll be tough, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or you could teach people how to not be lazy, which is still tough because there's 7 billion people out there, right? Or you can have a new definition of laziness, and then you ain't got to worry about nobody else being lazy. They're pissing you off. That's why it's so important for us to be responsible for ourselves because we well, can be mad at the people around us, but this is another 7 billion people. What are you going to do with them? Hmm. You know, so so the, the thing is to be res- be able to figure out and be responsible for your reaction to things. 
you know, I'll 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 give you an example. I think I gave this to uh, uh, Miss No Name, the anonymous chick here. <laughs> I like saying that. Um, I shared with her, you know, something that I, <laughs> you know, I like that. Um, yeah. I shared I share with her an example um, over at Landmark. You know, I was assisting. I was uh, coaching over the phone to help people uh, put their home intros together. I, I did that for six months. It was fascinating. I, I learned some stuff. And um, what happened? And so uh, um, one day I came in, and I was talking to uh, one of the staff members, and she didn't really have time for me, so I stayed there for a minute. She got annoyed, and then she heard me say something, and then she used that against me to beat me up. And I was so triggered because I was like, to me, why would you do that? I wouldn't do that. One of the things I thought I didn't realize I thought until later when I got cleared and so I ended up talking to another staff member, a guy, not too many of them, so you could figure out who it was. Um, and he was like, well, listen, man, not for nothing, man, but uh, I know you can't do no coaching until we have this conversation. And then when I told him what was going on, he's like, but you set yourself up for failure, man. You know, they're too busy to be taking time for you, man. You you know, you walk over to a staff member to say hi and get, get you know, fuzzy and warm and that stuff, you just ask for trouble. And then what I realized in that conversation was, I was making people wrong for not being people people. They're too busy doing stuff. They ain't got time to say hi. But there's a lot of people like that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't like it because I prefer to be, you know, I'll make at least 30 seconds for anybody because I know how important relationships are. And I would never do that to people. So, you know, what I realized was that I was getting triggered by making people wrong for not being like me. And it wasn't just there at Landmark. It was everywhere. So now I can give people freedom to be too busy to me. I got a whole new context around people in this sense, you know? So now I won't even get triggered because I got a new context. And what's the so that, new context? They, they're too busy? No, the, the, no, that was the old context. Oh. <laughs> The new one is that everybody's not like me, and you know, oh, if they're busy, I leave them alone. Okay. They have the right to be. They have the right to be too busy. It's okay. They're not me. Mhm. Okay. I only ask because that usually pisses me off too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when I, real, when I when I realized that I was upset waiting to happen when I meet somebody who's too busy to be friendly. You know, they ain't got time for me unless they want something from me. That was like, who the hell do you think you're talking to? What's up with that? You know? <laughs> another, uh, you know, another thing that triggers me is, is bureaucracy, being in a bureaucratic environment mm. because I can't express myself freely because everybody's trying to follow the rules. And there's no creativity available. So ain't nobody want to hear nothing. So, you know, I I, I know that I'm triggered by that. But I'd stay away from them, but, but, you know, what there is for me to do, I haven't really thought about it yet, quite frankly, now that I'm sitting here talking to you about it. I know that I have to come up with a context to be able to operate inside of a bureaucracy. Right now, my context is go preach your own daggone business. <laughs> but, you know, that's not the only way to do it. So I need to be able to break down uh, bureaucratic cultures uh, when I'm around, and I'm learning how to do that. So uh, as a consultant, I don't plan on having no... Uh, I'm not planning on working inside of no bureaucratic businesses, but, you know, I still need to be able to operate inside of that uh, effectively and not get triggered by it, even if I'm not effective. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, this is the purpose of looking at the triggers because if who you are is, you know, I hate it if I don't get talked to by my husband or boyfriend every day, then, you know, you're just going to, you're just waiting for an argument to happen. You are an argument waiting to happen, and you'll be wondering why your relationship is going in the toilet because you have an automatic reaction that you're not aware of, but it shows up when you get surprised by something that made you feel that way. Okay, so how you have a breakthrough is create a new context yeah. for well, what triggers you. Yeah, and you actually have to identify the fundamental aspect of the trigger, not the situational aspect of the trigger. Because mm. if you deal with it situationally, that situation ain't never coming up again, so you're nowhere. Okay. Right? So I don't suspect Kishan is going to see anybody, any guy punching a woman in the face in public ever again. But she's still somebody that gets angry when she sees something that's not fair. Sounds like not fair. It's abusive, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a natural reaction, but, like, what are you going to, what, can you come up with a better reaction to that? Actually, what she did was she took, she caught, caught a couple of breaths and then she made a phone call, and so she responded effectively. But, you know, she still could see that lots of things can anger her. And she might think it's the situations, the incidences. But you give it too much power to the incidents and not enough to you to learn how to not be angry under any circumstances, how to be more powerful than just angry. Mm. So that's the opportunity of understanding what triggers you but even more, how you get triggered. Like, what's the trigger? Not what gets you triggered, but what is the other side of the trigger, right? Somebody does something, what is your, what's your reaction to that something that they did? That's what those 15 things are. Those 15 reactions are more about your natural, your, excuse me, your normal reaction to things. Because there's a difference between natural and normal. (laughs) Normal is usually trained. Natural is built into the system, right? So, um, you know, looking at those reactions, you know, you can see, okay, so I get indignant. I get, you know, dismayed. I get whatever, defensive, right? So, you know, you got to look at what, why do you get defensive? Why do you get angry? And, And then go to work on, looking at life such that you don't get that feeling anymore. And, you know, I just want to bring it to your attention because, you know, if I, if I go any further now, it's like this the whole session. We ain't doing that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to go through this. is this. I don't mind doing this as an extra offline kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, this is um, how to manage and maintain, you know, uh, a positive emotional state for your relationship, which is why this is a part of that section about managing the emotional culture of your relationship. The less you're likely to get triggered, the more fun you're going to have with your partner. I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah, because if you get triggered, all you do is telling him he failed. That's not romantic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, go ahead. So is the, the 
So is this this call mostly about managing the emotional space? No, that was last call, two weeks ago. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, we move on to something else now. I just wanted to go over the assignment so that you could actually get the value from the assignment mm-hmm. and get the lesson deeper from the, the you know last session. Okay. Yeah, so the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the um, relationship for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. So now, if you're triggered, then you're going to, if you're triggered and you're hotter, and your, your, your uh, emotions are hotter than your boys, your men's, right, then you're going to be in charge of how the relationship feels. The question is, do you want to have, you know, stronger love and joy or stronger anger and upset and resentment? Funny, I posted on my fan page today. Um, if you're gonna be ruled, if you're gonna let yourself be ruled by your emotions, at least choose the good ones. You know. Hmm, that's a good one. Uh huh. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I think I know that, but when you said it, I'm like, ah, makes more sense. Yeah. If you're gonna be run by your emotions, at least choose the good ones. <laughs> That's really good. I should write it. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right, cool. So, with that in mind, uh, anybody have anything else to say about it? Because I'm, I want, I'm ready to move on personally. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Good. So, um, today, today's topic. Today's content is around structural and other breakdowns. This is one of the this is number four of the top five things that get in the way of relationships. Uh, just as a recap, uh, top five things in order from number one to number five is the number one thing that gets in the way is not knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. That's that's so rough that um, nothing else. You know, there's nothing else you can do if that's still a problem. Like, there's no coaching that's really going to make a difference until that person knows who they are when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that, and then, you know, knowing how to choose the right person because that person needs to know who they are like that. That's the number one issue, not knowing who you are. Number two, not understanding gender differences. I don't know how, I don't know how much um, not knowing who you are is as an issue, like like from a percentage wise, but I would guesstimate that um, mm-hmm. not knowing who you are, uh, I mean, not understanding gender differences is about ninety percent of all relationship problems. About ninety percent, I'd say. Huge. Number three issue is uh, not un- not managing emotions. You know, and I think even more than now than before, you just got a sense of why that would be true. Mm-hmm. But it's like. If you you know if you're gonna let yourself be run by your emotions, at least choose good ones. If you don't know how to choose the good ones, you know <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't gonna work. All right, next mm-hmm. is uh, structural and other breakdowns, which we're gonna talk about today. And then last number five is miscommunication. And so many people say, you know, we don't have good communication. No, commun- good com- uh, miscommunication. You can actually survive miscommunication if you don't have all that other stuff compounding it. (laughs) 
you know, you know how to manage your emotions and you don't know how to communicate? Nah, that's just asking for trouble, you know. And then you throw, miss, uh, then you throw, not understanding gender differences? Oh, my God. Now the, you top, the top one, too. Not knowing no, what well, Yeah. With the top one, you, you either got that, nothing else matters anyhow. You probably don't know none of the other stuff anyhow if you don't have the first one. So I don't even know how you would, you know, really. <laughs> but, you know, that's just my opinion, you know. What do I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I do know. I'm just messing around. But, uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, um, yeah, today we're going to talk about structural level breakdown. So let me just read you what I got here. The reason structural and other breakdowns can and usually do get in the way of relationships is that they draw attention to negativity are almost always a surprise to the individuals in the relationship and take away from other areas of their relationship, such as money, time, and commitment. Lack of structures creates the space for a lack of workability. Lack of workability creates a lack of trust, freedom, safety, security, and success. What's worse, the impact occurs unconsciously and automatically. Lack of physical communication agreement, structural or other forms of breakdown uh, or disagreements undercut the emotional environment of relationships in ways that only creating or restoring workability can restore. So, in other words, when you have a breakdown in a relationship, it's not just a breakdown in the relationship. It's also an emotional problem nine times out of ten. Didn't pay the rent on time. That's a structural breakdown. It's a lack of trust and a lack of resources, most likely. And, and if not a lack of resources, a lack of organization. But it's structural. But it don't occur as structural. It occurs as a problem that that indicate that that um, activates an emotional trigger, which probably turns into an argument or depression or some other form of negativity. And now the breakdown is spread to two other areas, most likely emotions and communication. So now a, a breakdown is a three pronged issue rather than a one pronged issue. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what are the three prongs again? Yeah, if you have a physical breakdown, a structural breakdown, mm-hmm. it almost always goes into emotions. People feel bad or feel scared or feel something negative about a breakdown of some sort. They don't, it's not just a breakdown. It's a worry, a concern, a doubt, something. Mm-hmm. So it starts out as a physical thing that just like a business is a business issue. And then you add emotions to it. And then the fact that you don't have structure to make it work, the odds are is now it's also a communication issue because now you got to communicate until the, the issue is resolved as well as go to do the work, as well as take stuff away from other stuff. So the more unworkability you have, especially if it's a surprise, Generally speaking, the worst emotions are going to be coming up around it. Mm-hmm. And then if it's really bad, it's going to be a negative memory, which is going to have people live live into the future, put their past in their future called, that sucked, and I don't know if he or she knows how to handle that, and I don't want to do that again. I don't know if I mm-hmm. can trust you. 
Mm-hmm. So physical breakdowns, physical structural breakdowns, end up having emotional impacts. Mm-hmm. Unless you know to keep them separate, and who's ever told you that before today, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding that an emotional difference um, is uh, doesn't have to you don't have to get emotional about about breakdowns. I'm not saying you have to like it, but you you don't want to let your it's bad enough you got to breakdown. Now you got to add emotions to it. Now you've compounded the breakdown. So you want to actually manage structural breakdowns, whether it's this, that, or the other. Whatever type of a breakdown it is, you need to be responsible for it. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to communicate to you uh, what you need to do in order to manage those breakdowns. Um, does that communicate, like, the impact of breakdowns? Yeah, yeah. Because it seems like what's going to happen is that that emotional sword is going to come out and it's going to just mess up everything because it's it's, it's so important that the emotional space be safe. So it's going to create an unsafe uh, um, uh, atmosphere. That's what I'm. Yeah. Yep. Now I want to remind you of um, what I talked about about the, the design and nature of relationships. So there's you, your partner, and the space in between called the relationship, right? Yes. Yes. Right. And then and then I said that the relationship itself, the space in between, is part baby, part business, right? I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so part of it is like a baby where it's emotions. You've got to keep your eye on the emotions the whole time. Part of it is like a business where it's just structures and you've got to handle it and, you know, you want to keep the emotions out of it as much as possible. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah, I remember. You kind of, kind of, Gashana, like. Yes, 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 I remember. Oh, okay, uh, great. I don't fully, but um, maybe I have to look back at the notes or listen to a previous recording. But that well, makes sense to me. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just bring it back to you. So when I, when, when, um, session two, we talked about the gender differences. And then mm-hmm. we talked about how to manage the relationship, like the nature of the relationship. And um, what I did not tell you is that sessions three and sessions four, which is what we're doing now, is the space in between called the relationship. <laughs> so last okay. week, last, last session, we talked about the baby, the emotional environment, the triggers. That's the baby. Mm-hmm. This session is the business. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so yeah. So now we're gonna like talk about how to run the business side of a relationship. What gets in the way? How to handle it? And then what to do about it so that it, so you can prevent it. So, um, you know, I want you to know the impact. You all have lived it. You know, multiple times, probably hundreds of times, if not thousands. Right? I know I've lived it. You know, yeah. hundreds of thousands, if not thousands. I don't know what kind of number, but I know it's way higher than I would ever think. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so the only three things that can keep structural breakdowns from negatively impacting relationships is the following. 
Let me say that again. The only three things that can keep structural breakdown from negatively impacting relationships is the following. Making agreements, planning, and commitment. So I'm going to go into those three. Making agreements on who does what and when is critical to maintaining workability and reducing or completely eliminating structural and other breakdowns because in, this, in making agreements is where trust, credibility, and partnerships get created and developed. After making an agreement, maintaining that agreement is paramount to the relationship, even if breakdowns do occur, because though you can't foresee the future, you'll know your partner cares about us, their word, and can't be trusted to do what they say they're going to do. You know, one of the things about structural issues is that um, there you can't you can't prepare for everything. There's no way you can't see it all. We make plans, God laughs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I know that down in Texas, nobody was thinking it was planning for that flood. How do you plan for that? I mean, get out of town. You know, like the, the tsunami. There was, uh, you know, all of the physical tragedies that happened just in the last year alone. You can't play plan for those. So all you could do is understand each other's agreements and honor the agreements. Because if you don't, you destroy the trust, you know, you destroy, you know, communication, all of that. So the biggest agreement a couple can make is a philosophical agreement around how to approach structural issues and handle the, how to handle the business side of their relationship. So let me tell you what I mean by this philosophical agreement. Mm-hmm. So um, as a coach, and especially as a consultant, I mean, I haven't done anywhere near as many consulting gigs as I will be doing, but I know before they hire me, we both have to be on the same page about what they need, what, they, what I can provide them, and all of the details. We've got to be on the same page. And it's not so much the same page of what I'm going to do, but the same page on what the intended outcomes are, you know, what we're going to say is um, a measured result, the price, the time. We need to be on the same page because we have to operate as partners as a consultant rather than I'm just doing, I'm your plumber. I'm actually mm-hmm. your partner success of your business. So if I'm going to be in a relationship, like, like I'll give you a tangible example, me and my first wife, as much as I complained about, you know, how she was and, you know, and then took full responsibility for me being a calm risk, I mean, I kind of leave a blamer for, like, how she was being because who I was being around her sucked. But we were perfectly, we were as one as parents. We had what we referred to as philosophical agreement around how to, how to parent the children. You know, it was us against them, kind of, not really, but kind of. Like, they, wouldn't, they couldn't separate us. They couldn't split us up. They couldn't do no tricks that was going to have me and her go against each other. In front of them, behind them, no way. We were one. Y'all better listen. Right? You know, we would, we would honor each other's mistakes and then talk about it later so that we could be better with the kids. We was fantastic. We was on the same page. So when it comes to dealing with your life, you and your partner need to be on the same page. A lot of that's going to come from 
having the same highest aspiration for a relationship. Not all of it, but a lot of it is going to come from that. And you want to look at the areas where you do have philosophical agreement, but you really want to have an agreement and be on the same page around how you're going to deal with stuff when it ain't working. What's your partnership really look like? Who's in charge of what and when? And so, you know, you, when you have a relationship, it's more than just sex and romance. It's like the business side, too. you got to, you know, you got to um, maintain your home, maintain your finances, maintain your health, maintain your social circles, you know. So how are you going to do all of that? That's where you want to actually have conversations. And it don't happen right away. But, you know, I talked about in the past paying attention to the principles that people live their life by, right? Yeah. Y'all remember that? You may not remember it exactly, but you remember talking about that, right? I don't. Yes. Yeah. That's how you're going to know how to create philosophical agreement because you're going to know what principles they live their life by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by knowing what principles they live their life by, it'll be really uh, it'll be fairly easy, fairly simple, I should say, not easy, fairly simple to create philosophical agreement because you already understand their philosophy because their philosophy is based off the principles they live their life by. I know that was a mouthful, but did you get that or do I need to say that again? Say that again. Okay, great. When you know who you are, you know what principles you live your life by. Okay. When you right? So when you when you're with when you know who you are, you could recognize somebody who knows who they are. Because you can see your groundedness in them or their lack of groundedness. Mm-hmm. So when you get somebody that knows who they are they become easy to recognize because they don't change their mind much because they know what they like, and so when they like it, they like it. That's the end of that, you know? And so when you date, when person understands their philosophical perspectives, their, their principles they live their life by, they'll tell you their principles, you'll tell you theirs, yours, and then you come to an agreement about how you're going to operate overall. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll run the house. You run the money. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll run the fitness. You run the, the, the entertainment. Like, you'll, you'll figure it out. Or we'll do the entertainment together or whatever. But you've got to create how you're going to operate consistently together. That's more important than the specific details about the specific things that you both are each managing. Because you'll understand each other fundamentally rather than situationally, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you could be somebody that specializes in, you know, gardening, or you could be somebody that specializes in ecosystems. <laughs> you know, Gardening is one thing, ecosystems is a whole other, but you want to know what, where you're both are on the same page around how to operate, run the business of your relationship. So that's like um, respecting each other's. Strength. Yes. Yeah, each other's strengths. Uh, each other's strength. You, so you're looking at each other's strengths and passions, but you're also looking at, you know, um, how you're going to support each other, how you're going to express your love for each other, how you're going to take care of each other inside of life. In the in the living of your life, how are you going to take care of each other, interact with each other, take make sure that the relationship 
is strong, vibrant, loving, empowering, successful like that. How are you going to take care of each other and how are you going to take care of the relationship? Because sometimes taking care of the relationship is more important than taking care of your partner. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to have a philosophical agreement around. That's why you want to know what, what your ideal relationship looks like. You got to know that so that you can communicate that. And then you can, you can make agreements on how to make that happen. Hmm. That sounds awesome. It's so awesome when you get it. It's, it's stunning. But if you don't know yourself, you don't know how well it is, you can't get there. This is not possible. Hmm. But it's totally possible, and it can happen pretty quickly when you all, everybody knows what they are, who they are. And when you say everybody knows who they are, you mean they know their own self-worth and their own aspirations, right? Yeah, and then they can hear yours and they can honor it because you're saying, when you're talking, you're talking from reality because you actually know. You're not one of those people that don't know, and then they'd be like, well, I thought that was a good idea last year. I didn't know. And that's where trust goes out the window because you don't even know yourself. How am I supposed to know how to work with you? Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So making agreements, and then there's the fundamental agreement, which I call a philosophical agreement, which is that y'all have y'all understand each other's mindset, your uh, vision, your workability, you know, your passions, your skill sets, and you know what is y'all want to accomplish and who's going to do what. So you want to have that fundamentally as part of keeping breakdowns from crushing you. And even if they crush you physically, financially, well, if they don't, if you know that, then you won't necessarily have to, you know, have the impact emotionally, other than maybe sadness because of a loss of something. You know what I mean? It's hard to give up sadness. I mean, it really is. But most of the other stuff, you can get past, you know? So, anyhow, uh, so that's it, making agreements. And there's the first agreement, and then there's all the agreements that come along. And then the second stage, because I said there's three things, making agreements, planning, and commitment. So planning, planning keeps shock and surprise from creating emotional turmoil. We can't prevent breakdowns from happening, but we can be mentally emotionally prepared for the unexpected or undesired. So if you're planning, you know, you don't want to be, you, listen, you don't want to have a sudden death in the family, but you do want to be prepared for that. So if you could afford to get life insurance, you should have life insurance. You know, you don't want to be dealing with, you know, a car breakdown or a car crash, but you should do the things that's going to have that happen. You don't want to, you know, there's lots of things you don't want to have happen, but if you don't face it, if it shows up, you're done. You know, you're you're you're, you know, five years behind financially or whatever, you know? So you got to plan. You got to think about it. And I'm going to talk more about that later um, when I get to, you know, the next step beyond these three things here. Um, so you just got to be planning. You got to really be thinking ahead um, like that. And then uh, the third thing, I mean, it's not much to say about the planning. You just got to plan. You know, you, the better you plan, the better you are planning, and the better your life is going to go in planning. Right. So uh, but planning is, is both 
situational and fundamental. So you got to plan, you know, today, and then you also got to plan the rest of your life and everything in between. You don't have to, but it works way better when you do, as long as you're doing it from a self-expression and you're doing things that not as a doer, but you're doing things to take care of the relationship. Above and beyond safety and security and success even, fulfillment, you know. But anyhow, I'm going to talk more about that. Then uh, the third thing is commitment. Commitment supports and ensures that the first two items above will be taken care of regardless of circumstances within the realm of what's possible for human beings. Let me read that again. Commitment supports and ensures that um, agreements and planning will be taken care of regardless of circumstances as long as it's within the realm of what's possible for human beings. So in other words, we ain't figure out how to deal with tsunamis and earthquakes, but other, outside of that, we can manage most of that stuff with a commitment. People who are committed can move mountains. People who can move mountains can be trusted to make up things in the face of breakdowns that weren't even thought of before the breakdown. They also operate as someone in charge of their own destiny, the opposite of a victim of circumstances. In addition, commitment communicates love to those on the receiving end of that commitment. Any questions about that? No. I mean, it seems clear, and I I can see how that will work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, um, you know, y'all being, you know, introduction, the former introduction leaders, uh, commitment should be, you know, that that statement shouldn't be that difficult to get. So (laughs) making sure that your commitment is clear and you're conscious of your commitment is what I'm really talking about. Like your commitment is clear and you're conscious of it. That is what's really uh, needed more, even more so than I'm committed. No, the commitment (laughs) needs to be tangible. Yeah, the commitment needs to be tangible, you know. Mm. It needs to communicate and demonstrate it to your partner and to yourself. So now, I got a list of things that need structural support. (laughs) So I'm going to read them off. You, You know you're going to get this as an email. But I'm going to read you my list of things that need structural support, need agreements, need planning, need commitment. So, um, and by the way, this list, if you get it, if you come up with anything beyond this, please let me know so I can add to the list because I like having big lists. And I I can't think of it all. So, anyhow, money, health and fitness, sex, timing, housekeeping, food, sleep, social circles, education, entertainment, activities, dating romance, physical items such as car, homes, clothing, you know, physical resources. Feel free to add to this list as it comes up for you, both now and in the future, because you want to be present to this so you can have powerful conversations inside of it. The biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the most. <laughs> Let me say and before I break this down, before I say this. The biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts both men and women the most. Men feel unsuccessful and women feel unsafe and insecure. Mm. Let me say this again. 
when a breakdown happens, both parties are probably going to be equally upset, disoriented, and pissed off, hurt, and all that other stuff, but for a completely different reason, which means they'll end up having two different conversations about the same thing. She'll be saying, how come you, don't, how come you didn't do that because I feel unsafe and insecure? And he'll be like, I don't feel successful. And they won't be talking the same. So it'll add to the miscommunication because they've got an emotional issue that they don't understand is being driven by the differences between gender, which is going to add to the miscommunication, which means now you've got a breakdown, two people upset, they're dealing with four or five breakdowns at the same time. Does that communicate? I, 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 I'm not sure about that, the last sentence you said. I'm going to say it again. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, the house gets broken in and somebody didn't set the alarm, but they don't know who. Right? So you got robbed. Took all your jewels and your money. You found the money somehow, right? Let's just say that happens, right? It totally doesn't work, right? And so now both the husband and the wife is upset. It's a breakdown, but they add emotions to it because mm-hmm. the emotions, so you with me so far, right? Mm-hmm. So now they start arguing because they're emotionally upset, right? But now they're having an argument about two different things. She's having mm-hmm. an argument because she's worried about the safety and security of their financial stuff. And he's over there having an argument with her, and they're using the same language. They're talking about the safe. They're talking about the security system. They're talking about the same thing. But why they're talking about it is two different things. She's talking about it because of the fear of how long it's going to take to be financially safe and secure. Can they ever recover? And he's over there feeling like a failure, or she failed, or it failed, and like, what do I got to do about it now? So now they got a breakdown, a physical breakdown that turned into an emotional breakdown that got escalated. The emotions got escalated by the, by the gender differences, which adds to the miscommunication. You got four of the five breakdowns from four of the five things that get in the way of relations working because of one incident. Does that, does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you want to make sure that you handle breakdowns and structural stuff, you know what I'm saying? You got to make sure that the business side of the relationship don't get, don't become affected by the emotional side of the relationship or else you got problems. So. That's a thin line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's totally fixable, totally workable if you know how to work it in the first place. But you got to plan on it. You can't just be hoping. Hope is not a not a strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so I, let me say that I again. I heard it in college first time. Say that again. I heard it in, when I was in college. Uh, one of my professors he said, "Hope is not a strategy." Right. Exactly. That's why you got to you got to plan for this stuff. Anyhow, I'll say it again. The biggest impact on structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the most, where men feel unsuccessful and women feel unsafe and insecure. 
it goes right to the heart of what matters most to each of us in the most negative of ways. Mm. This emotional drain on the relationship. In addition, in addition, structural workability doesn't add to the quality of relationships, but structural unworkability takes away from the quality of relationships. Everyone expects things to work, so you don't get extra points for things going as planned. Very few of us thank God every day for oxygen, but it would be an immediate and possibly permanent breakdown if there was no oxygen. Structural breakdowns have the same impact on relationships. Mm-hmm. Structural workability is to relationships what operations is to a business. Without it, how do you expect it to run, really? So you want to maintain structural workability, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute, how to do that. But I want you to be present to the impact so it doesn't affect you emotionally or it affects you emotionally as little as possible so that you can actually maintain the love and the joy and the harmony in the relationship. And so now I'm going to talk a little bit about how to do that. But you can see how how big this is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is not no little thing. How come you didn't? Oh man, that is like, you know, a conversation like that. Legitimately, I, and this is not exaggerating, though it's not likely. A, a question, a conversation like that can end the relationship because of all the other stuff that I said. Because it ain't just that thing. So. In order to be able to um, make agreements that work, make plans that work, and co- make a commitment that you can stick to around, you know, all the things that I said, money, health and fitness, sex, timing, housekeeping, blah, 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 what you need to do is consciously create your relationship. What I mean by that is you don't, like, just get along and hope it works. You do that in the beginning, but at some point you got to sit down and actually create the relationship, and I'm going to show you how to do that. Almost nobody does this. And the people who actually have great relationships, they've kind of done this, but they just didn't do it consciously. Like they consciously created a relationship, but they don't have anything to show you how they did it. They just kind of learned it along the way, which is great because at least they have it. But they couldn't tell you. They just tell you what they think they did, not what they actually did, you know? Mm-hmm. So, in order to consciously create a relationship, one would need to be on top of a number of things. Mm. One, be able to predict the reactions of your partner as well as your own reactions for the most part. For example, <laughs> if you notice that a body massage makes your partner happy, depending on how happy it makes them, use it to the fullest benefit of the relationship. In other words, when the happiness will contribute the most to the relationship, such that, such as when they cannot get out of a bad mood, making up after an upset or foreplay before the real play, spontaneous acts of generosity, affection, and service work really well. So if you can predict the reactions of your partner as well as your own predictions, 
you'll be able to consciously create the relationship because you'll see yourself being upset and then you'll consciously bring yourself out of it. Or you'll see your partner being upset and you'll consciously help them to get out of it. That's one way you're consciously creating a relationship. It's ongoing, but it's a practice that works. And how it works is that you not only know how to recognize their reaction to things, their triggers, but you also have things that you can use when they get triggered. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Great. That's one way. Next. You have to know and understand what both you and your partner need in order to be happy and function well, both in and out of the relationship. And what I mean, both in and out of the relationship, I mean, you know, whether y'all are in the relationship there or you're both in separate aspects of your lives, you still have the relationship. You're just not around each other. So that's what I mean. Said another way, you need to know what you and your partner need so well that their life is better because you're in their life than if you weren't. Hmm. Um, I want to uh, ask a question. Yes. So, is that only for them, or is it also for us? Like, you want to make it better than what it is now. Yeah, you want to be. Yes, please. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was going to go toward that our responsibility, since we have to take care of the emotional part of the relationship. Kashana, um, your voice was breaking. I couldn't oh, hear you. I'm sorry. I, I said I'm 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 asking is it is it fall does it fall on us as women because we're in charge of the emotional part of the relationship? Is it, so Tony, you could tell me whether I'm right or wrong. Not necessarily. You both need to know how to make your partner's life better with you in it than without you. You both need to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay. But you can't can't withhold because they don't know how. Mm, Yeah. You can't punish them because they don't know how. But you Mm -hmm. can teach, persuade them, and inspire them to know how. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so in the beginning of this call, I said that, uh, you know, I, I got present to, you know, leaders. You know, the greatest leaders are not the ones with the most files, the ones who create the most leaders. So if you create, you know, leadership in your relationship, you create your, your partner as a leader, you know, you're, you're really creating your partner if you create them as a leader, as someone who creates you as a leader, who you create as a leader, who creates you as a leader, and you both create each other as leaders. And that's one way that you're going to have it that, you know, you, your life is better with him in it than without him and vice versa. You keep bringing out the greatest in each other. Why do you want to leave? Yeah, I mean, why I asked this when you were saying, I'm like, okay, are they going to do anything or are we going to do everything about this? I was, you know, <laughs> I was pretty hurt by that. I want you to know something. A guy wouldn't think that if I said that in this call. Guys wouldn't be like, well, I got to do it all. So you remember remember when I was doing the top twenty differences between men and women? Uh-huh. And I and I killing me to say, you know, women are lazy, men are disciplined. Yeah, yeah, I do. This is exactly what I was talking about. Again. 
Because this ain't the first time this kind of conversation popped up. I got to handle all the emotions. What do you mean? <laughs> and, that's, and that's not lazy. That, I don't think it's a lazy. still don't think lazy is the word. Okay, what's, what do you think the word is? Responsible? I mean, uh, irresponsible? No, I don't think that. Concerned? Um, I don't know. You know, it could be entitled. Entitled. Yeah, entitlement. Mm. I got to do that. I mean, they're not entitled to him to do everything, or I got to do everything. Anyhow, I'm just saying that that mindset is what triggers women to get women mad at men, put them in a yeah. doghouse, and guys got to recover because it's like, I got to do what? How come <laughs> you can't? You know, and then so, you know, just I want you to recognize that as a trigger for you because yeah. if you go there, you'll destroy the relationship with that one that one context. Because I was having this conversation with guys, they'd be like, oh, okay. I got to make my life, make her life better with me in it than without it. And then he would be like, okay. I don't know a guy that would be like, what do you mean? Even 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 the Elmer Fudge wouldn't be having a hard time with that, you know? <laughs> they'd be like, oh, okay. You're having too much fun laughing at this. I am. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. You know, don't, don't, don't put me in the doghouse, please. No, I won't. <laughs> but, but I'm, 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 I'm pointing it out because I don't want y'all to get triggered behind it. But I want to make it clear that. Say it again. I just thought about something. Um, the anger, um, the emotion that comes up when it's like we got to do it all. Uh, so that, I guess that would be one of the things that um, that comes up in, in terms of um, uh, maybe an anger feeling. Um, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Let's take it out loud. Oh, that's fine. That's great because, you know, you, you, you have to um, you have to give that one up if you want your relationship to work because otherwise you're just keeping score. Yeah. Yeah. I I got triggered when you were saying that at one point I'm like, Okay, are you telling us that we have to do all the work and uh, at one point I was like, What the hell is the guy going to do? Just be no no, this is about you. See, y'all have the gift of making our life better than 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 um, you know, than we ever thought we could. Y'all have mm-hmm. the gift, the talent to be able to do that. Our mm-hmm. job is to you stay stable and focused. Like our job is to make your life stable. We don't have a problem with that. Y'all are completely unpredictable, unreliable to a large degree. Y'all are crazy. Like, we don't even, y'all don't even know each other. You know, y'all do crazy stuff. Y'all can't figure out stuff. Y'all are so smart, man, but y'all brain be all over the place. It's amazing, right? We don't have a problem with that other than the fact that you beat us up with it. If y'all didn't beat us up with that, we wouldn't even have a problem with that. You'd be like, oh, she's so adorable. Come here, honey. That's what we would do. Hmm. Guys be looking at a woman who's like, you know, working too hard and she can't get no sleep and she got to go to the bathroom. We'd be like, honey, will you just go to the bathroom? Uh, oh, oh, okay, yeah, um, you know, like that. Like, <laughs> it seems so simple, but y'all depend on it. But we don't have a problem with doing anything for y'all. So why do y'all have a problem with doing anything for us? I don't get it. 
The only guys that have a problem with doing something for women is the guys that's, that's triggered around money because they got some attitude because they don't want no they don't want to be around those gold diggers. Other than that, guys got no problem doing a thing for women. We'd be happy to do it. So mm. you know, I'm. If you go there, what you're doing is you're making guys wrong. You don't want to do that to your to the love of your life. Mm. So you got to find another context. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, and you all don't get mad at babies. They just smile even though they keep crapping and you keep wiping their butt. You just be happy to, to share the love. You don't count. You don't even, you don't even count how many times you wipe their butt and change their diaper, even when they're 50 years old and you're like 80, you know what I mean, or whatever, whatever the age difference is, right? Just, that's no bother you, none. You just like, you just love your, your child and that's it. Bless your bud. I love them. That's the end of the story. The end. They give me a hard time. You know, cursed at me when they were 17, you know, whatever, right? Whatever it is, it didn't matter. They go to jail, you still love them. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And you never do too much for them. Even if you think you're doing too much, you still do it because you know that's your child and that's what you would do. They got you with a ring through your nose, <laughs> and you can't do nothing about it, right? So, you know, nobody says you need to be a slave of your man. But you want to be free to make agreements and to do things for him and make his life better, but not out of obligation, out of self-expression and joy. Mm. Because the more he feels you think he's successful, the more he will do for you. Mm-hmm. So anytime you do something for him, you know, I invite you to be happy about it because all he's going to do is say, she likes me so much she did that for me. Watch, I got to do something else. <laughs> That's how it goes. He's like, man, you did that for me? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's going to be so messed up, he's going to walk down the street, see something in the store, buy it for you or whatever. I got I to gotta, I gotta show her how much, you know, like, that's what happens. We don't do that out of obligation. We do that because we're emotionally shocked and stunned and can't believe that you were that generous and loving with us. And it's not paying you back. It's like our thank you. But it's not like I owe you a, I owe you a thank you. I can't help it. You know, like somebody you know gets their life saved by a fireman. They don't. They don't feel obligated to say thank you to the fireman. They're really thankful to the fireman. Mm-hmm. And that's how a guy's going to be with you when you continuously blow his mind. Not like you want to. Not like you have to. But actually, the more you do it, the more you'll take pleasure in. Man, I just blew his mind again. Watch. Mm. Matter of fact, I got a friend who's at Landmark. No, she's in today's uh, Thursday, right? She's I don't know if she's in Seattle. But the TMLP they went they, they went to that weekend. I think they're in Seattle or Chicago, wherever they at, right? She's been married thirty four years at this point. She gets a kick out of um, pleasing her husband because most of the time he don't even know she did it. She gets a kick out of uh, making suggestions that he jumps on and then thinks he's the one that came up with the idea in the first place, even though she knows she did it. She's in the <laughs> background smilingly running the relationship while he's over there thinking he's running the relationship. Mm-hmm. And she is enjoying it because she gets whatever she wants, the way she wants it, and he thinks he's the one. <laughs> And I, you know, I, I, 
I met them, you know, I've seen her with him a couple of times. I met them at different parties or gatherings, landmark gatherings and whatnot. And, you know, I, I, I just, she said one sentence, look in her eyes like, oh, you got him wrapped around your finger. Damn. And she smiled like, don't say nothing. <laughs> so the trick is not to not try not to do more than you're supposed to or feel obligated and all that stuff. It's like, what can I do to get what I want? Or what what needs to happen to get what I want? And mm-hmm. things is to make his life better with you in it than without it. But that don't mean you need to be washing the dishes and cooking. You know, you need to find out what he likes, loves, and, and enjoys and passionate about. Either do it for him, point him in that direction, remind him of it, you know, send him to it, something. You ain't got to do This ain't about doing, you know? Mm. I'm inviting you to have a a larger imagination than doing this. Uh, And I'll I'll leave it at that. Background noise. I'm sorry, that was me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So anyhow, is that clear now? It's clear. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You might not be happy about it, but hopefully, you know, you'll see some benefit in it. Hmm. I even remember that. Hmm. Yeah. And I kind of live this. Um. So. So and and it's time to do things anew. So it's like I'm just being open. Yeah, but I appreciate you sharing it, so it gives me a chance to help you do something about it. You know. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's, you know, like anything you uncover is like an opportunity for me to help you transform it, you know. So I got no issue with that. I know that's usually how it goes, what y'all said. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. right. No problem. All right, good. Then um, let me see. Uh, so I talked about, uh, you know, uh, recognizing what works and then um, – uh, you know, saving it for the times when it probably has the biggest effect. Uh, also talked about, you know, concentrating on um, knowing how to make your partner's life better with you in it than without it, and they experience it that way. Because you're doing it and them thinking that you're doing it, it's two different things. They got to actually be left with it. That's the second thing. Third thing, consciously pay close attention to your two main love languages and the love languages of your partner. That will give. They will tell you tons of how to take care of and predict how they'll react in the relationship. So you know, for me, my top, two top my top two love languages in order is words of affirmation, communication, right, and touch. I want to talk, and then I want to have sex. That's me. I just know that that's how it goes. And then you know, I will actually do acts of service as well. That's number three. You know, time spent is cute and everything. And gifts, I don't really care about. But I'll take them, but I don't care about them. You know? uh, but, see, I already know that, and I know if I'm with somebody who, who's not either uh, words of affirmation first, touch second, or touch first, words of affirmation second, you know, then I know I'm, it's going to be tough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I can figure out how they're going to react because we got matching love languages. Number four. Uh, consciously pay close attention to what works and what doesn't in your interactions with your partner. This means you need to view your partner as a permanent part of your life. You'll need to Mm -hmm. view your partner 
as children view their parents. They ain't mm-hmm. going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere, and you'll always have them in your life, no matter what. A large part of this can be managed inside of understanding that uh, there is no back doors. <laughs> you just, 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 you know, a, a lot of times. I mean, I, I remember my second marriage. My first marriage, you know, I was the dad, the husband, the whole package. Like I was, you know, our families were connected like that. Second, second marriage, I was the outsider. It was my my ex and the two boys uh, against me in her mind. And she had them thinking at herself. That did not help the relationship any. I was the outsider. I was actually kind of like a resource, really. I wasn't the husband. <sighs> That's a whole other story, though. So, but I was not a part of her family. I was not, you know, this is not, I was not that. So, um, if you cannot feel that your partner that you want to marry is family, uh, it is only a matter of time before the relationship is going to break down. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't, shouldn't take it any further. If you don't see them as being a permanent member of your family, they're not family to you, and, and it's not going to happen the first or third date, you know, but as you get past the doubt stage and you get into the uh, the exclusivity stage, the intimacy stage, you get into those stages, you want to look and see if this person, like, you know, Family material, as well as husband material. So the mm-hmm. husband is the husband is not merely a permanent boyfriend, you know. Mm. Wow, I'm hearing yeah. a lot of good ones today. <laughs> good. Well, that's why I record this stuff, you know. A husband is not a permanent boyfriend. I never said that before, but I like it. So very good. Then, uh, uh, what is that? What does that mean then? What do you mean? What does that mean? I'm not asking sure. I mean, can you explain more about that statement? Yes. So, um, you can't divorce your father or your mother. You could mm-hmm. you could leave them alone, but they'll always be your father and your mother. Yeah. You can't divorce your brothers and sisters, but they, because even if you leave them alone and never talk to them again, they're still your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. They're not just your brothers and sisters in agreement and in bloodline and in name, but they're also a permanent part of your life. Like, you yeah. always have your memories with them. They don't go nowhere. They've taught you and raised you somehow, right? They're part, they're part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So is a husband, and if you don't see a husband like that, you probably should wait until you can see a husband that way. You got to be uh-huh. responsible if you're going to get can married. Can you say that again? Yes. You want to be responsible for your choice of husband if you want to get married. If you don't want to get married, that's a different story. Yeah. If yeah. But if you're committed to being married. Uh-huh a happily ever after relationship. There's no back doors. This person is as much a part of your life, as a much a part of who you are, as your brother and your mother is. Mm-hmm. If you don't see him that way, you should mm-hmm. find something else. Because otherwise, he's just a legally bound boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He's not family. Mm-hmm. If you have kids... If you have children, 
your children is not going to see your husband as your permanent legal boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They're going to see dad. And he's always going to be their dad whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get married, don't mess around. This guy's got to be this guy that no matter what, he's your husband because that's family. Mm. It's not just a romantic thing. Most people Mm. don't look at it like that. Both men or women don't really look at it like that. They don't even have a clear definition of husband. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Until you said that, I was like, ah. Oh. That's a part That's of why. why. I... Yeah, good. That's why I asked you to explain more. I mean, I I know there is more, but first time I heard it from someone else, and I'm like, I need to hear more about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no back doors, you know. I mean. That's a problem. See, the reason, one of the reasons, I'm going to say one of the reasons why there's so much divorce is that people don't look at marriage the way I just said it. But, okay, there comes a point where you're not happy and it's not what you want, then what? Well, you didn't do the work ahead of time, <laughs> like this program is, you know? Mm-hmm. You didn't know where the holes were, where the pitfalls were. Where the oh. landmarks So if you do the work, at the end, it becomes real simple, real joyful. Mm-hmm. But before that, you're dealing with all of these landmines, all of these problems. Mm. I remember Jocelyn said once in the forum, he was like, what do you think is the percentage of responsibility between two people? And people were screaming, saying 50, 50, 60, 40, whatever. She was like, no, it's 100% you, zero the other person. Exactly. That's why, you know, I was laughing at y'all when you was like, well, we've we got to do everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I got it when she said that, and I forgot or got triggered when you said that. Or right, right. It's like you hear this, you are like, oh my god, this makes sense. Then your stuff triggers you. Then you fall back into it. Then you pull yourself back out of that. I see myself doing that, and I'm catching myself. I'm glad I'm at least seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, this program is like, you know, (laughs) I have to say there are people that have some things that are similar to, um, you know, qualifying men. Not exactly, but, you know, like there's a couple of places where you can learn about gender differences. Not the way I just delivered it, but it's fine. But this, I ain't seen this nowhere. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I ain't. This this stuff? Nah. <laughs> this is God giving information to to me that I'm giving to y'all, Good. really. Good. Sorry, guys. That's what are you good. saying? Good, 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 good. Oh, yeah, this is uh this is cutting edge stuff here. Anyhow. 
Uh, that was number four. We just went number four. I got two more, and then I'm going to go into the big part, which will be quick, but it will be the big part. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I'm going to be giving you in a few minutes is in and of itself is worth the whole program. Right. So, number five. I'm, well, you'll hear about it in a minute. Give me like give me like five minutes here. Uh, number five. I said number no first four. So the first one was uh, be able to predict the reactions of your partner plus as well as yourself. That's how, that's part of the thing you need to do to consciously create your relationship is to uh, be able to predict your own reactions as well as the reactions of your partner. Number one. Number two. Um, understand what each partner needs. You and your partner needs in order to be happy, such that. Your life is better in his life than without it, and vice versa. That's number two. Number three, pay close attention to your uh, two love languages. Number four, uh, no back doors. Mm-hmm. Permanent part of your life. Number five, and I'm about to say number five, I did not say it yet. Another critical thing is to recognize the impact your ways of being, speaking, and acting are having on your partner and the relationship. Let me say that again. Mm-hmm. Another critical thing is to recognize the impact your ways of being, speaking, and acting are having on your partner and the relationship. Uh, what's being, the second one? Being, feeling, and acting? Yes. Being, speaking, and acting are having on your partner. Okay. And, and on I a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This means you'll have to be fully responsible for how things are going and be emotionally strong enough to look yourself in the mirror and tell the truth about who you've been being eventually, if not sooner. <laughs> you got to get the eventually, sooner than later, but later is better than never, right? Mm. The best way to accomplish this is to be objective, open-minded, and curious. The last thing you want to be, the last thing you want to be being is closed-minded, skeptical, and judgmental, because those mindsets blind you to reality and attempts to force reality to align with your way of thinking. Mm. Now, good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> closed-minded, skeptical, and what? Judgmental. Mm. Yeah, it'll blind you to reality, and it'll 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 cause you to attempt to force reality to go your way, and that's why I say you know good luck with that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just was in a conversation <laughs> a little while before this, a little while before this with somebody. He was just rambling, but one of the things he said was he said it in a completely different way. But he basically just said that, which is he's thinking that life is going to go differently, and he he has no relationship to reality around this project that we're working on. And I'm listening to him. I can't even interrupt him because he ain't trying to hear me anyhow. I'm like, well, good luck with whatever you're saying because I don't see that happening, but I didn't want to tell him right then. I'll have to tell him later, you know. Uh, <laughs> so you got to have a – you got to be clear about your impact and your ways of being on your partner and on the relationship. And you got to be, you know, responsible for that. So mm-hmm. that's fifth thing. And then the sixth thing is last critical element. You need to keep present and, res- and be responsible for the fact that you love your partner. You cannot forget that you love your partner. It's what you've always wanted and will always want to so keep that present. You got to keep your love for your partner present. 
That's yeah. part of creating the relationship. All of these things are about being conscious in the relationship. And you'll get really? this list. Okay. Uh, will that ever change? Like you are, you are no longer involved and then you're like, oh, there is someone else. Yeah, if you're not going to be, if you're not presently, consciously keeping your love alive with your partner, then you'll eventually get distracted, belittle them, lose the love, and then lose the relationship. You know, you can always bring yourself back, but you want to be responsible for consciously creating a relationship. Mm. And so how you do that is just remind yourself how much you love your partner. There's lots of ways to remind yourself. You know, you can do it by saying it. You can be look at doing it by looking at them. You can do that by remembering things that they did in the past. You can do mm-hmm. things, you know, keeping, you know, a, a, a journal about what he's done that's amazing. You know, just go back to the memories, you know, like, you know, it's that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but you you want to have your love for your partner present or else it won't be present on its own. So... Or it might not be present on its own, depending on how good a job you did at choosing in the first place. So anyhow. Mm-hmm. So now, now I'm going to give you what I said. This in and of itself is worth the price of the of the program. Okay, ready for it. Okay. Me too. Uh, yes, great. Now, this is what I call a, the relationship charter. A relationship charter is a document that allows you to look at all of the elements or the main elements of a relationship and to consciously create it like you're doing a vision board or you're doing a, you know, a meditation chart or you're doing like you're writing out your life, how you really want it to be. And um, mm-hmm. this is going to be your assignment. You're going to fill this out. So I'm going to tell you what the relationship charter includes. And if you had a partner, what I would do, like if you was in a relationship on this call, what I would do is I would tell you uh, to do your own charter, and then you and your partner come together after you each did your own charter, personal charter, and then you would come together and then combine it to create your relationship charter. This would be the, this would be the surest way of creating philosophical agreement, mm-hmm. but not the only. So anyhow, let me just go over what it is. Uh, and I'm going to send it to you. You're not going to remember it unless you do, but I'm not counting on you remembering it. I'll send it to you. So mm-hmm. um, the relationship charter is, one, who you are, like who I am is. You know, chances are you'll say, like, who I am is, you know, a possibility. Who I am is this mm-hmm. for the world. Whoever you know yourself to be. But if you don't know who you are, you can't answer this question. And if you can't answer that question, you can't do the rest of this chart. So you got to know who you are, right? So, <laughs> so that's the first thing. Second is what's your mission? You know, what do you intend to accomplish as a couple? You know, the kind of goals you have, what's the highest goal, your purpose, you know, why you have the mission, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you out here for, you know, your reason for living, whatever. The third and fourth thing is the principles that um, you live your life by, you know, love, generosity, wisdom, Patience, whatever, right? So you got to be conscious of your own principles. Uh, fifth would be your focus. Um, in other words, you know, how you look at life, what are you going to be focusing on throughout your life? Your focus is what I call it. 
Um, I'm encouraging you all to call me between now and next week to 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 get you know some conversation around this because I'm not going to go into it as, as fully detailed as I possibly can. Now, actually, it won't even really make that much sense. You'll have to do it, and then I'll have to tell you what you missed so that you can get it that way. Is that, is that the case? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like the SDLP. I can coach you, but you need something to be doing for me to coach you around it. Otherwise, it's just theoretical. We're not doing that like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The next is a vivid description of your relationship, or, or, you know, how you want your relationship to be. Um, uh, and then um, let's see here. Um, I'm over here looking at the relationship charter. Uh, which I'm going to send you. I'm also going to send you the personal life charter. Um, in the personal life charter, um, you're going to have um, uh, the principles you live your life by, also the different hats you wear in life. So you're a mother, you're a daughter, you're a you know uh, a student, you're you know an employee over here, and you know whatever. You're a cook, whatever you, you know you want to put there. So you're going to be conscious of everything that you do as a part of who you are. Um, you're also going to want to put down um, da, 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 da. Um, I guess maybe I should just put the personal life charter in front of me huh. probably not a bad idea because I actually have the relationship charter in front of me um, matter of fact let's just figure stay with that let me just stay with that okay great so uh, you forget about the other stuff I said let me just say this uh, vivid description so the vivid description is like the highest experience of, of being in your relationship. Like, what's it like being in your relationship? So you're going to describe your relationship. Not describing who he is or what he does. You're describing the relationship, the quality of, of the relationship, the feeling of being in that relationship. Um, you're also going to be making whatever promises you make to your partner. My promise this to you. I promise I will be this with you and for you and to you and with you, and uh, it's like that, uh, uh, who they are to you. So who you are to me is, you know, my hero, my knight in China, and I'm, or, you know, love my life. <laughs> I like marriage vows. Right. Yeah, 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 really, this is your marriage vows if you want to use it like that. Who I am for you is, you know, your sex goddess, your cook, your queen, and your, you know, your greatest cheerleader, whatever, right? And then, you know, your partner would make promises to you. And he would, your partner would also say who you are for him and who he is for you, and that would be it. And then if you have any other remarks outside of it, that's when you would actually, um, uh, you know, put anything else that comes to mind that's not a part of what is in this charter. Um, so what I will do is I will send you both personal life charter, which is the uh, thing that you and your partner would, would use individually so you can get clear on who you are, and then you combine them together to make your relationship charter, your marriage charter, or your relationship charter. And now you know who you are for each other, your harmony. And, you know, then, you know, what there is to do is have fun and, you know, like that. Like, actually be, well, you're not worried about the, the, the relationship. You're too busy enjoying the relationship and enjoying the journey of being in the relationship. Now, this is just a guy. You don't have to do this. There are people that have been married 47 years, still hold hands walking across the street, ain't never even thought of nothing like this. But they live this. They've just never done the work that kind of way. Mm-hmm. So 
so, you know, again, I'm going to send this to you. You know, I'm really inviting you to, um, to, to, to do your best with it so that I can support you around doing it right. And, you know, I'll just tell you that this was something that I uh, invented for myself um, when I was living in North Carolina after the World Trade Center incident, because I think both of y'all know I was in the World Trade Center when a plane hit, right? No, no, I didn't know that. Oh, 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 my bad. So I was working for Landmark as a staff member and Uh a facility manager in the World Trade Center. And uh, I went to work on 9-11. I was was on an elevator when the first plane hit the first building. Oh, God. Yeah, and Landmark was in one World Trade Center. And so I was a half a floor from my floor. When the plane is hit. Wow. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I was going to that. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I survived so I could do this. Uh, yeah. You know, I didn't know, know what it was at the time, but wow. I got lots of things I can say about that. I'll, I'll tell you all the whole story uh, another time. But, uh, uh, yeah, after that, I moved to North Carolina at the end of October. And I lived down there for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. While I was down there, I was trying to figure out how do I take care of myself because there was no no landmark, no personal development down there. So mm-hmm. one of the things I did was I created my own personal life charter, and it 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 really supported me and grounded me, gave me a compass for me to live regardless of what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. So y'all be getting the benefit of that. It took me eighteen. It took me between sixteen and eighteen months to to perfect the format of it. Mm-hmm. And I was what can I do that can ground me while I'm down there no matter what? And so that was one of the things I did. I did like four or five things, but that was one of the big things was my personal life chart. So y'all are getting that because um, it will help you to know who you are. It will also help you to be able to figure out how who who's going to be great for you as far as the relationship partner is concerned and how to blend your lives together so that training and understanding out of the way, all there is left to do is go have some fun. Cool. So, so uh, that's the end of tonight's session. Mm-hmm. And uh, your assignment is going to be to, you know, do your best to fill out the personal life charter and the relationship charter to the best of your ability and be prepared to talk about that, um, you know, on the call. And you definitely don't want to wait until the last minute to send it to me. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I won't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't say any names, you know. That's okay. There's only two of us on the line. Say it again. There's only two of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Any any last comments before we uh, end this call here? I'm good. That's a lot to um uh, have heard. Yes. Um. So, yeah. So. And I like to digest things. Yes. And uh, and and um, I'm going to do my homework early so that I can get the most out of this. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, anonymous chick, you got anything you want to say in closing? Uh, well, it was it was a great conversation, and I'm going to take on the assignment, and I'll send you. Awesome. All right. All right. Yeah, I love this program. This program is like, oh my god! I, first time, I, first time I did it, I was like, oh my god! This this thing is like thousands of dollars better than I thought. 
Every time I do it, I say something new I ain't never said before. I probably said about eight things on this call I ain't never said before. Mm-hmm. I might I might need to listen to this call again just so I can take some of the quotes off and put it on my Facebook page. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So anyhow, that's all I got, ladies. Excellent. Okay, awesome. Good night. Have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.